are listening to The Fantasy Forum. This podcast is a collaborative and student-sourced podcast. Our goal is to create a forum to discuss fantasy across its many genres and modes so that we can talk about fantasy's place in our lives. Hello, hello. I'm Connor McCary, your host for the Fantasy Forum podcast. Uh, if you're new and you're just joining us today, uh, this podcast, we talk about fantasy and all the ways that it shows up in our everyday life. And today, we're going to be talking about communal fantasy experiences and how they strengthen relationships. Our guest host for today is Chad Valentine a lifelong D&D player, and he's going to tell us a little bit about Dungeons & Dragons and how it's made its way into his life. Connor, thanks for having me. Uh, This is going to be a great opportunity for me to share both uh, how Dungeons & Dragons has played a role in my family as well as in my life, and also uh, some of the the benefits I've seen in just my interactions uh, in my family and others uh, that I think are... uh, applicable to a society as a whole, to how we uh, build our relationships, how we communicate with people, how we spend our time, uh, and how we uh, really get a little bit of life balance um, in this hectic world that we live in. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, so how did you get involved with Dungeons & Dragons? Where did it all start? Uh, So... uh, I'm not going to dive too much into the backstory, but I do want to touch a, a, on a couple things in my early life. Uh, fantasy has always been um, a big part of, of my life. Uh, sports have always been a big part of my life. And uh, I can still remember to this day, one of my first interactions with basic fantasy was a Goofy video where Goofy was a knight and he fights this other knight in this uh, Mickey Mouse type cartoon. I was a child at the time. Uh, and uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it to the point where I took one of those big drawing pads and made a full suit of armor out of it, including drawing the shield uh, that one of the characters had that had some bricks as part of the shield uh, and, and made this outfit. And really that kind of set the tone for me um, moving forward. Uh, as I grew up, I was always looking for fantasy-type movies, um, fantasy-type video games, and different experiences like that. Um, but it wasn't until I got into the workplace that I actually got introduced to Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, my first experience did not go well, and it set a bad tone for a, a long time for me. When uh, I was working for this IT company, we would spend our lunches uh, doing different kinds of activities just from a break from the ev- everyday monotony of working in IT. Uh, there were two groups of uh, people in the company that I kind of uh, floated between. There were the sports guys, and then there were the fantasy guys. And so some lunches, I was out on uh, the football field playing touch football at lunch. Um, I actually, another story for another time, I ended up going to, uh, going to the hospital with a concussion, and I had to tell my boss, 
that I was leaving work because I got a concussion at lunch playing football. <laughs> the other group, though, was was the, the far more interesting group. Um, you know, the sports guys, uh, while we had a great time, we always ended up doing the same things, had the same conversations. Um, but I got I stumbled into a group of guys that at lunchtime, they would play different fantasy games like Magic the Gathering. Uh, there was a tabletop miniature game called Mage Knight uh, that came out that I absolutely loved. Uh, we did Mech Warrior things. And I remember one time the guys were surprised that I'd never played Dungeons and Dragons. And so they said, that's great. Let's, let's do this at lunch. Uh, so we spent a little bit of time building a character for me. Uh, we started playing the game uh, on our lunches. And I thoroughly remember we left the village. We ran into an ogre. I decided to fight the ogre because I played a lot of fantasy video games. That's what you do. You see an ogre, you pull a sword and you cut its head off. And the ogre killed me. And that was the end of my character. And for the long time, that was the end of my D&D career as well. I, I, it left a sour taste, I didn't enjoy it. Um, and uh, we went back to our other gaming activities. Fast forward, I've got four boys and uh, we do a lot of different activities together as a family. And my youngest um, at the time, this was uh, a couple years ago, just as, uh, the pandemic was starting, he got excited about a D&D starter set that he had seen at the board game store um, that we frequently go to and wanted to get it. And uh, I told him no, Dungeons and Dragons isn't something that we play uh, because of those prior biases that I had as an experience when I was younger. And, uh, and so uh, he talked to mom, which the boys often do, as dad says no, let's go ask mom. And mom bought him the Dungeons and Dragons starter set um, for the fifth edition that recently has come out. Uh, and he brought it home, big smile on his face, so excited. Um, his older brothers, I have four boys, I think I already said that, but they came home, they were all excited to get going. And all of a sudden, I, as a new player, am staring at several rule books, hundreds of pages of guides and instructions, thousands of internet site forums telling you what to do, what not to do, and I have to try and figure out how to do all of this and condense all of this into a fun experience for my kids. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's interesting about Dungeons & Dragons, the Dungeons part, there's one of the participants in any group is going to be the Dungeon Master. The Dungeon Master is the the narrator, so to speak, who kind of guides the story along. And so to help my boys learn the game, and based on some of my experiences in the past, I went ahead and volunteered to be the dungeon master for my boys. And that is how we got into Dungeons & Dragons a couple of years ago. Okay, okay. And, you know, you're talking about some of the sports guys and some of the, some of the fantasy guys, and so real important question. So, yeah, have you ever been in... Involved in uh, fantasy sports? Ever done any fantasy football? Anything like that? Uh, I did. Actually, um, I've been doing fantasy football since I was in high school, and we used to get the stats from the Sunday and Monday newspapers. And we used to get excited in the cafeteria. One of my best friends, his dad, um, had a, a paper subscription. Most of our parents didn't. And so we would always wait for this friend of mine um, to get to lunch, and then we would go through and score all of our teams right there in the middle of lunch. Uh, and, of course, I did more fantasy football as, as, as I continued. Um, 
In the genre of fantasy, I do see how fantasy football could be considered. Uh, you know, living out like a manager or, or a coach's um, uh, life. But for the most part, it's really more should be fan football instead of fantasy football. Uh, I don't think of fantasy as uh, being a strictly sports-related activity. Well, well, uh, that could be that could certainly certainly be a conversation for a, for another time. So, so tell me a little bit. So, you were talking about some of these these uh, negative experiences you had early on, uh, but what what turned it around for you? Like you you and your boys started playing, and so what did you find to be the appeal for Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, so, the appeal for Dungeons and Dragons, I really feel, is the storytelling. As people who aren't familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, you come into a gaming group or like our family group with experiences that you've had before. Most of those are with video games. And so, you know, people who played Skyrim or played, uh, you know, for me, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, which is an older game. Uh, You have Diablo uh, and other type of fantasy games where you're running around with a sword or an axe just hacking things to death or, you know, wizard and casting spells and, and destroying things. But it's all about, you know, mass destruction and who can kill the most things. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons is not like that at all. Dungeons and Dragons, it's a epic uh, narrative, an epic story that is told over time. Uh, the same group will get together every week maybe uh, a couple times a month if uh, it's a busier um, group of people and can't get together as often, um, with the intent of doing a campaign that can sometimes last a year. Uh, Some campaigns might be several years if it's a close group of friends or family. And uh, they are looking to tell a long narrative-type story across a multitude of experiences in the fantasy world that they're creating. With Dungeons & Dragons, the role of the dungeon master isn't just to keep the rules in check, give the players uh, a story and give them some characters to interact with or, um, or some monsters to fight, but the dungeon master is really the narrator of this journey, this epic journey. If you think more like fantasy stories like Lord of the Rings that took place, I think over the course of maybe four years, if you go from when you know, Frodo was first in the Shire all the way to, uh, you know, the time, the journey, and then getting the ring thrown in. Uh, that kind of epic journey is what a lot of people are looking for in a story like uh, Dungeons & Dragons. When the players get together in their group, their, their gaming group, uh, there is an interaction that takes place both in the real world as well as the fantasy world that can be really interesting um, and, and also uh, very enjoyable for everyone. So usually, again, you're friends, you're getting together, you're laughing, you're making jokes, but then you get into character. And somebody might be an unruly dwarf who hits on all the barmaids. Um, if you have a bunch of boys, they're all unruly and hit on the barmaids. Uh, you might have the, the rogue who is um, very uh, standoffish, mysterious, uh, doesn't like to interact with characters, sneaks around a lot. Uh, you might have the wizard who's haughty and intelligent and, you know, walks around with an air about himself that uh, he's better than everyone else. Or you might have, like, the grizzly fighter who will uh, 
essentially want to arm wrestle anything that walks by them, uh, likes to punch people or likes to get into disagreements and fights, but also has a rowdy time and, uh, and can, be, can be a lot of fun to, uh, to hang out with. In this, each person gets to decide who they want to be, what kind of character they want to be. They can be somebody that reflects themselves, and sometimes people do that. Um, they can also be a character that is the opposite of who they are. You know, a person in real life may be an introvert. This is an opportunity for them to, uh, to be the leader of the party, who's always making the decisions, uh, takes on that role, uh, talking to, you know, the local um, magistrate or talking to the orc boss, uh, trying to negotiate to get the, uh, the villagers freed or trying to you know, decipher the, the maps and make a plan for how they wanna go into battle. Or you might have somebody who is um, very extroverted and it's an opportunity for them to take a step back and let other people kind of shine in the spotlight and, uh, and see what it's like to be in that other role of sitting back and being a support person uh, or somebody who uh, may be funny and wants to take an opportunity to, to kind of play with their jokes in the storyline and have that, that you know trickster type of character that pranks people and things like that. These are opportunities that create a safer place for people to interact where they don't feel like they would be ridiculed by the general, you know, either mm -hmm. friends or just people in general, whether it's social groups, whether it's, you know, other family members that think, you know, fantasy or Dungeons and, 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 drug, uh, Dungeons and Dragons is dumb, or, uh, or if it's a high school or college kids who feel like they're, in the, they're not in the in crowd, it's a place for them to feel more comfortable and be somebody that they can't be or don't feel like they can be in real life. Mm -hmm. So there's an important aspect, uh, aspect of the game that I think you hit on that I wanted to revisit. Uh, would you consider Dungeons & Dragons to be like a, a choose-your-own-adventure game? Um, on, and on first glance, it does look like a choose-your-own-adventure type of game. Uh, if you are somebody who has some experience as a dungeon master, it definitely will feel like it is not a choose-your-own-adventure game. It is a... Uh, it is a scramble to try and come up with an adventure when your player characters all choose to do something that you never planned for. Mm -hmm. uh, this happens quite often. Um, but uh, the, a good dungeon master is somebody who can help lead the characters down the path of the storyline that they have, have written out and prepared. Or if they're using a, one of the you know, standard guidebooks that tell a story they can you know, bring characters back to that. So the, the goal is to help the players feel like they are choosing their own adventure mm -hmm. while still keeping them on point. Mm -hmm. um, as a player, sometimes you may want to explore the local town and go to the magic shop and see if you can find that you know, magic war hammer that you've been looking for, or you wanna to talk to uh, some of the villagers and one of your other players might want to go on an adventure and explore the goblin cave. One of your other players may be interested in going and fighting some giants. The group as a whole has to come together and decide what do we want to do with our time together because uh, one of the biggest challenges is that everyone 
comes into the gaming session thinking this is a choose your own adventure, but it's not. It's a choose the adventure together that we want to take and journey together. And so a lot of a lot of the play sessions are built around compromise on what to do next, where to go next. Mm-hmm. And then the dungeon master will always have, you know, that, uh, you know, the, uh, the bartender who says, oh, hey, by the way, there's a uh, band of ogres that we need somebody to help us take care of that's plaguing the village. And then the players don't bother. And then the next gaming session, the bartender says, hey, we have a bounty on the head of these ogres that need to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And players all of a sudden will get an idea of what the dungeon master wants them to do to continue the adventure because they'll revisit the same kind of things over and over again. Yeah, I just want to say real quick uh, for the folks at home, you might hear feet in the background, you might hear dogs, you might hear rustling. Uh, and so like I said, so Chad's a family man, father of four. And so this is what family, this is what family sounds like, y'all. Yeah, so I'm really intrigued by uh, the sense of uh, collaboration and interaction. That it's, there's the dungeon master and then there's all the players, but everyone, everyone comes together to create this collective experience. And I think that's really important um, because these communal family or community, communal fantasy experiences uh, help us strengthen relationships. And so I also wanted to revisit uh, something you were saying earlier about how people are allowed to explore uh, different roles and allowed to explore different uh, personalities when they're playing the game. And so I just wanted to ask you, uh, what are some personality differences uh, that, sh- that you've noticed um, between uh, your boys and then uh, the characters that they become when they're, they're playing the game? Uh, so this is an interesting question because uh, one of the things that you want to do as a dungeon master is allow your players to kind of play the character that they want to be um, as much as you can. But sometimes you see interactions that conflict and uh, and kind of make the overall session either grind very slowly or even sometimes two different players struggle to even uh, play together. One of the things that um, that I've noticed with my four boys is they all have very different uh, and very unique personalities in real life. Uh, they do bring parts of that to the characters that they play in our dungeon sessions, um, but a lot of times they will take on a persona that is very different to who they are in, in their personality in real life. Uh, one of the things that the dungeon master really needs to be aware of is making sure that all of the players, in this case, my boys, each get equal time to kind of play their character and represent the character. Uh, Sometimes you might have a a player in the group who um, likes to be in the spotlight all the time, and every situation that they encounter they're the first one to say, oh, I try this, I wanna do that. My character says this to, um, to the, you know, the other character and, and they'll, they'll jump into every um, situation and trying to get the group to work together has sometimes been a real challenge. 
it's been great to see them recognize that in themselves. And as we've gone through more and more play sessions, they'll pause for a minute and one of them will say to another, what do you think we should do? And give them an opportunity. Or I haven't heard from, you know, Malagon or whatever the character's name is in a while. Let's see what Malagon thinks we should do next. Um, or sometimes they are, they're not necessarily playing their character or they forget some of the abilities they have and they'll remind each other. Um, we had one situation where one of the boys um, was a, uh, he was a, a thief who had lock picking skills. And as the party, which is what we call the group, as the party approached a rundown castle, they came across a locked door. Well, the thief, his first idea was, okay, well, we're gonna walk around the building and see if there's another door. And the whole group just turned around and said, what are you doing? You're a thief. Can you not pick the lock? And he's like, oh, yeah. Can I pick the lock? So sometimes we have a lot of fun. Um, we have laughing interactions. Uh, we, have, um, we have another component to the game of Dungeons & Dragons that throws in its own randomness. Uh, that the dungeon master can can use to the advantage of the whole group. So um, it, it is a dice rolling game. Uh, we didn't talk about this earlier, but basically most of the things that you do in Dungeons and Dragons is uh, you 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 get an idea of what you want your character to try and do. You know, maybe you're going to try and pick the lock, or maybe you're going to try and sneak around the corner and listen into the conversation that's happening, um, you know, with the bad guys uh, on the other side of the wall. Or maybe you're going to try and leap the 10-foot the gap in, uh, in the bridge to get to the other side. All of these different components, the dungeon master will have you make a, a check and they'll have you roll the dice. So they might have you make a strength check or they might have you make a stealth check and you roll these dice. Well, sometimes those can bring a, 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 across some of the funniest moments that you get in the game. Uh, one particular one that we still talk about today, one of my boys was trying to flirt with uh, a female um, character that they were rescuing. And I said, he, he had d done some kind of uh, you know, catchphrase uh, about like, you know, falling from heaven. And I said, oh, make a charisma check. And he <laughs> rolled a natural one, which is the lowest thing that you can roll. And when that happens, it's pretty much a fail on whatever you're trying to do. <laughs> and so he ended up uh, uh, he ended up trying to flirt with this character, and it all came out wrong. Um, she was not impressed. Uh, she didn't want anything to do with them, and we all got a big laugh out of that whole scene. Um, and like I said, we still talk to, talk about it to this day. And so there are there are memorable moments that can come out. Uh, that are things that happen in the game that are not part of their personalities, but because of the game, it ended up happening, and they, they're things that we still talk about and, and laugh about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, real good stuff so far. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just so interested to hear about how uh, in-depth and involved Dungeons & Dragons is, just how much... How, how many how many different layers uh, there are, there are to it? Um, I want to take a, a quick aside, step away from the game, and I just wanted to 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 ask you 
Um, so what is the uh, importance of, of doing group activities with your family? Because you play, from, you play every week with your family in Dungeons & Dragons. And from what I understand, that's, that's not where uh, this list ends. That you are, uh, you're really big on uh, doing things as a family. Oh yeah, certainly. That is something that uh, has been important to to both my wife and me uh, throughout our time together, and and with the kids is uh, doing different uh, activities, different adventures. Uh, you can even kind of say that you know we've not just been doing Dungeons and Dragons, but we've also been doing all kinds of other uh, adventures that range from uh, mountain biking together, uh, snow skiing as a family, water skiing. As a family, uh, we play ultimate frisbee um, with, let's, with let's other talk about friends. That. Let's talk about that for families. one second. Uh, ultimate frisbee. So yeah, I've, I'll, I'll let the listeners at home know. So I've been I've been a part of your uh, your summer ultimate frisbee group, and uh, uh, tell tell the people at home a little bit about what you're going through right now. Uh, I'm going through a little bit of a tough spell. Um, as I am getting a little bit older, uh, my boys are getting older, and we're having a, a blast doing activities together where they can uh, now compete at um, our level, uh, my wife and my level. What's interesting is that I am starting to slow down a bit. Um, My steps are half a step slower than they used to be. My hands are not as sure. uh, And things that my mind thought my body can do, my body can't necessarily do uh, as well. And uh, and so a couple weeks ago, I was diving for um, a disc. Uh, it's something that I've done a hundred times. I caught it, uh, but I landed on my shoulder and uh, separated my shoulder. I uh, thought I had broken my collarbone. Unfortunately, I didn't. And so I've got, I've got a, a major shoulder injury that I'm going to be rehabbing for the next uh, six months to a year. Uh, but we're still out there and we're still out there having fun and I want to show my boys when you get knocked off uh, you stand back up and 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 keep going and uh so even the following Friday um after I'd been icing and I have it in a sling uh there were a couple of times where I stepped out there and and threw the disc around for uh, a couple of of scores so that we could uh help uh, help the team that was struggling a little bit uh, get back in the game what a legend what a legend <laughs> okay so I, I want to I want to hear. Um, so you you've done a lot of these these family experiences, uh, but what about Dungeons and Dragons has been unique compared to your other family experiences? Uh, so there's a couple of things that I, I there's a couple of ways that I can answer this uh, and I can touch on. I think one of the first things that is unique is that most of our family experiences are. In a sense, they're they're more rigid. Um, they're rule based, or or they're specific activities that we're doing, and we all stay within that that space together. You know, if we go rock climbing as a family, uh, you're just rock climbing, and you're you're following the instructions. Uh, you're doing the hand movements, the feet movements, and you're doing everything as is. Um, if we play a board game as a family, there's a set of rules. If we play ultimate frisbee, there's a set of rules. Everybody is following. Dungeons and Dragons. It's more of a storytelling adventure, and uh, it gives us an opportunity to interact in ways that we never even thought. Um, you know, I talked earlier about some of the funny moments that we've had. Um, there have been some great battles that have taken place, some epic battles that we still talk about, where uh, we were, you know, 
on the edge of our ropes and didn't think we were going to make it through. And we were able to, you know, slay, slay the, uh, the beast that we were fighting. Um, there were some uh, epic moments where we were able to save some people. And uh, in one case, uh, we did have an adventure uh, where the boys had saved. Um, unfortunately, it was a it was a woman and her and her daughter. Um, the husband and the son had already been killed by the people who had abducted them. And so, you know, it was it was a sad moment that they went through, but they were able to help rescue them and try to help them rebuild their lives in the village. And so there are also some some moments that we can, you know, impart some life lessons on how we treat people or how we interact with people um, when we see differences. Uh, there's even the occasional goblin who is just looking to make a friend and is not a bad guy. And uh, the boys have learned to, to see people not for what they look like, but see people for who they are. <laughs> yeah, so we, we've talked about um, how, how each person in the game has to have a certain character. And it can be interesting to see how all of those, those egos mesh. Um, and then there's this aspect of randomness when you have to make decisions uh, in the game. Um, but so tell me, um, I'm interested uh, to know more about this, this in-game cooperation. And so how does, how does making uh, decisions in the game uh, inspire you to be more cooperative in your day-to-day life? Well, I think one of the things that is important with Dungeons & Dragons that keeps you coming back is you're enjoying yourself. You're having fun. If you're, if you're not enjoying yourself then why spend four to six hours in an evening, um, you know, talking about fantasy? Tell me about it. Doing an adventure. <laughs> and so, so there's an element that you need to enjoy it. And I think that really translates over to how we interact in our social groups, how we interact um, in the workplace, uh, how we interact with our families. Uh, a couple of good examples, being in IT, we have to collaborate um, a lot with different groups of people. Um, we have... You know, financial business users that have one goal. Um, we have uh, uh, clinical um, people that have another goal that they're trying to achieve. Um, we have technical people who have an idea of what they think is the most efficient way to do things. And we are trying to bring them all together and meet all of their needs um, in a team-based environment in the workplace or even in the social place where you're trying to make decisions about how to move forward. Uh, if you have people in, in that kind of environment or that kind of group who always have to be right or always have to make the decision or have to have to be um, okay with the decision to move forward, uh, it creates a, a real uh, barrier to even just enjoying work, coming to work, or enjoying hanging out with your friends or doing activities with your friends together or with your family. And uh, cooperative games like this, uh, and there's some other cooperative board games out there like Pandemic uh, and some others um, that help people play together with an end goal in mind rather than competing with each other. It allows people to get some of that practice of decision-making together or compromising or putting the, the big goal ahead of your own personal goal. You know, maybe you want to be the person who slays the dragon, but do you want to do that at the expense of everyone else in the gaming group dying? Or do you want to do that even though the rest of the gaming group wants to go and save the princess? Um, 
And so you got to work together. And if you have somebody in the group who is making it not fun for everyone else, a lot of times that can be a challenge. And the boys and I have run into that a few times where, you know, one of one of us, either me or the boys, one of the boys will get frustrated because they, they see they see a good decision and it's like, that is what we must do. We have to do that because it's the right thing to do. But the rest of the group is looking at it and going, we know it's the right thing to do, but this will be funny. Or we know it's the right thing to do, but, you know, I just want to go kill something. And so, um, you know, and, and those sometimes those gaming sessions don't end with everybody having a smile on their face. Um, but it's the overall experience that gets people coming back. Then you are achieving the goal. Um, and I think that will translate in how they, you know, coordinate and, co- um, and cooperate with their friends at school, work groups or study groups. And, uh, and ultimately with their, their future families. Mm-hmm. And so just to say again, so we've, we've been talking about communal fantasy experiences and how they strengthen relationships. Uh, something that you know, I'm curious about, uh, what was it like, you know, what, what was the long-term like development of you growing closer uh, with, the, with your family members when you played Dungeons & Dragons? Versus, you know, what was the what was the development like when you played with people from your your workplace that were, you know, perhaps you know relatively you know strangers to you? Um, <clears throat> it's very different when you have a gaming group versus doing this as a family, and it's one of the reasons why we have so much fun doing this as a family. With a gaming group, everyone has to have the same schedule; they have to be available. They have to be committed to going or the group falls apart. Um, my oldest son is actually part of a Dungeons & Dragons club at school. And they go through periods where they struggle to find time to get the whole group together. Or all the players are free, but the dungeon master has chores or has to work and they can't get together. And, uh, and, it, and it can lose steam. Uh, you lose that momentum of everybody you know, remembering what's going on, where they're at in the, the adventure, uh, who their character is, what they're doing, and so you want that kind of consistency. Um, and that can happen sometimes at home as well, but with the home group, we have a free, you know, Saturday night, we just play. Um, we may play two or three times in a week, or we may go two or three weeks without playing at all, um, but there's a, a lot more discussion that takes place outside of the game. Uh, you know, there's been a few times where my son, who's doing the Dungeon Master of the current campaign, he and I are doing the dishes um, in the kitchen, and we're talking about some of my backstory of my character, about what we want to do, um, you know, as my character moves farther into the story. Or, uh, you know, we'll be talking about, you know, what we did the night before, the next day, as we're telling mom about uh, uh, the black ooze, the acidic ooze that we slayed the night before that was destroying all of our gear every time we hit it. Uh, almost killed me, by the way. <laughs> And uh, so I would say that um, with a gaming group, you need to have consistency. Everybody needs to be committed to the group and prioritize getting together for it to, to keep its momentum. If it's, a, if it's a home game with your family, it's much easier because it's just part of your family activities. You can do it more often. And uh, that's why the boys and I enjoy doing it so much. Mm-hmm. So correct me if I'm wrong. Um, 
But so it's been my understanding uh, that you know, Dungeons and Dragons has been around for for decades. It's been around for a little bit of time, but uh, as of recently, um, Dungeons and Dragons and a bunch of other uh, tabletop board games have just soared in popularity. You know, Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons is a is kind of the thing right now. Um, so, what do you think makes it stand out from the crowd? What are what are some of the the larger you know take home messages that make D and D such an impactful game? Uh, so, this is a really interesting question, and and probably something that a topic that can be talked about uh, at great length. Um, so, I'll just touch on it because uh, I know we're uh, we're um, running out of time here. The the two big things that I've seen. Uh, as somebody who has uh, been playing board games since I was a kid, so the last uh, 30 years uh, or so of my life, and um, as somebody who has enjoyed different aspects of the fantasy uh, opportunities that are out there, <clears throat> whether it's tabletop gaming, whether it's board games, Dungeons and Dragons, um, etc. And uh, when I was growing up, it was it was kind of... In our area, it, it was a it was a very you know nerd thing to do, and not many people would do it. It wasn't the cool kids. You didn't really want to be associated with it. Um, it was almost like it was uh, shunned a little bit, except for the people who really enjoyed it. Um, and and that carried on for a long time. Uh, I would say that you know for me because I was uh, comfortable both in gaming group sessions as well as you know at the gym or or playing sports. Um, I, I found that I really got to enjoy the best of both worlds and people on either side were really missing out, um, as part of that. And then something changed. I would say probably the last maybe five to six years, uh, I think people have gotten tired of, uh, the way that video games just dictate, this is how you're going to play. This is what you're going to do. And, um, and people have, uh, been you know yearning to go back to the social aspects of of gaming and um there's been this explosion both in creativity as well as um as as new players in the board game industry um it used to be that the the you know the new top board game was the thing that we would buy every year and we would add to our board game collection over the last five years i'm lucky if i can get one of the top 10 board games because they're coming out so fast, we wouldn't even have time to play them. And uh, and I think it's the same thing with Dungeons and Dragons. I think that we've reached a place in our culture and our society where it doesn't have that stigmatism that it used to have. It's become popular. Uh, people can enjoy, uh, you know, in a sense, pretending, storytelling, uh, being somebody who they're not, um, regardless of whether it's, you know, air quotes, cool. Uh, and because of that shift, I think it has really opened up the game to a lot more people who never would have tried it or never would have uh, even walked into a board game store before. And so I'm really excited to see where it's going to go over the next five to ten years as it expands and more uh, books come out, more storylines come out, um, more people get involved um, in the game. Um, it, for those that are listeners, uh, we've invited Connor to come uh, join us and uh, and do a few sessions uh, with with the family to see uh, uh, what he thinks of Dungeons and Dragons. And it's an opportunity, I think, for people to try something new 
that is uh, is something they can make friends or or uh, build some relationships with, um, which in this day with social media, it feels like it's kind of hard to do. That's Dungeons and Dragons, everyone. Creativity, cooperation, social interaction, and innovation. Thank you for coming out for us today. I really appreciate uh, having this time and you know getting able to or being able to speak with you and being able to pick your brain a little bit about Dungeons and Dragons. Any any last words? Uh, oh, those are kind of ominous. Uh, any 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 final uh, things you want to say to the the people at home before we before we wrap this thing up? Uh, I would just like to say that if you have a uh, a local gaming store. In your area, I highly recommend just checking it out, um, especially if you've got, you know, if, if you feel like, you know, I'm this middle-aged guy, I feel kind of weird walking into a kid's board game store, um, and you have kids, bring them along and be like, hey, kids, I'm going to take you somewhere, but I'm actually going to peruse the shelves. Um, you know, uh, do a date night. Take your spouse. Uh, but go and check out your local gaming store. See what they have to offer. It doesn't have to be Dungeons & Dragons. It could just be another fun board game. Uh, it could be a card game. Um, there are certainly people that you will meet there that uh, will be friendly, uh, will be welcoming, and it's a great opportunity to try something uh, different, uh, especially in this era of, of everybody being on video games and the Internet. It's a great way to interact with people um, uh, in the real world again even though we're doing fantasy. again it's me connor if you enjoyed this episode of the fantasy forum make sure to check out our other episodes on spotify and apple podcasts and make sure to watch out for our next installment as always we'll see you next time